Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I am joined by the wonderful Michael J. Ross. I want to welcome you, Michael, and say how much I am grateful for you and that you are just uh, really a joy and a gift in my life, and I'm so grateful that you're able to join me each week and, and off air, too, uh, just for your caring and love and support. It is really greatly appreciated. And uh, so, that goes uh, both ways. <laughs> that uh, goes both ways because we, we're both. Uh, you do the same for me, and that's that's what uh, that's what it's all about. That's what life's all about, and that's great. Yeah, yeah. No, right. thank you. And so, as we sometimes, I, I am known as the woman of wonder, and sometimes we are given words or clues, or you open a book, and something will pop out at you. It'll almost be like coming right off the page and the word bliss came off of the page in a book that I was looking at. And then as I was wondering about what really bliss is to myself, what bliss is for me, what it is for other people, I started to think about the word bless. And I thought, well, bless is one vowel different from bliss. It's E before I. (laughs) So then I started to play with that, and I thought, well, I guess you have to be blessed before you can reach a state of bliss. And that sort of led me to thinking about really what what it means and how it impacts me in my life and how I choose to sort of awaken my own sovereignty to really being blessed from wherever I am in time and really recognizing that um, no matter what comes down the pike for me, that there is a blessing in it. And I was sharing with you before the show that I've been reading Rick Rubin's book on creativity. And one of the things that really stuck out at me that he had said in, in the book is that the universe is always trying to give us clues. And he said that if we look for them, the messages the universe is giving us, you know, sometimes comes as a sign or sometimes it comes like that word bliss came out of the page for me. And he said that if you imagine the universe has this grand conveyor belt similar to one of the the shipping companies where packages of various sizes, shapes and sizes are all coming down this conveyor belt and you're standing there and you have an opportunity to pick a package. And when you unwrap it, there's a message in there for you, just for you. And I w- it really got me pondering because I thought about all of the different things that you and I, we were both sort of led down this path and got to meet Glenn Brooks, who really encouraged everyone to speak from an unscripted place. And I think that when we receive those packages, it opens up that doorway for us to be unscripted, that you can't plan everything. Um, And sometimes your package will get lost. Sometimes it's found. Sometimes it is um, delivered to the wrong address. Sometimes we uh, have it stolen off our porch. But I think that no matter where it is, maybe there's a message in that, too, that another package was perhaps destined to be a little bit better for us and allowing us to sort of find that natural direction in the state of euphoria, enjoyment, and purpose to finding our bliss. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that, uh, Michael, because... 
I'm wondering if, if you received any packages or any messages from the universe that, or from Jeremiah, your guide, that he's sort of given you this week that has opened up new doorways for you. Hmm. Um, not necessarily any, any new doorways. Uh, it's been an interesting <laughs> week so far, being half over. We're recording this show on a, on a Wednesday. Um, I've had some very interesting times uh, getting together with friends uh, last evening and uh, uh, just a group of us that try to get together and have dinner uh, when uh, two of the parties are in town, and that, that kind of happened. Um, I have been, I can't, you know, I have to really sit and think about that, um, about any, because my, my life pretty much is, uh, I've, I've kind of pared it down to keep it very simple. Uh, and we're having some siding put on the house. And so there was all of, all of that to deal with because I'm the one who gets whatever it has, what I have to get and the siding and to paint the siding before it's installed. And it's hot. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the interesting thing is that it took three weeks to get to this particular point. And so because our the truck I would get the building materials in had to go into the shop. They had to find a part. They had to search the entire country for a part. Um, because it's an older truck, it's 20 years old, and the part it has a, it's a specially made vehicle that has a rear differential because it has what they call uh, uh, quadra steering. It, it, the, the front wheels and the back wheels steer instead of just the front wheels, and it was only made for a couple of years. So where I'm going with this is that from the moment we decided to put siding to, to replace some siding, five sheets of siding on the house, to the point where we actually got it done, or I'm getting it done, five weeks, because three weeks the truck was in the shop, and the truck comes out of the shop, and then it's, and it's dealing with then now the rain, rain came, rain went, figuring out when I could get the materials and then get them painted and then arrange for the person to to uh, to put them together to to put them on the house, which finally occurred today. And so when this happens, I spend all my time, most of my day, um, overseeing the project and making sure it's in line with what we envisioned for, because it involved removing a lot of electrical boxes and things, because it was that part of the house that had all the meter mm. and everything on it, right? So it's get an electrician over. So what I'm going with this is, you know, I, I, there's two ways to look at this. You can get frustrated because of the fact that it took so long and there were so many moving parts that you had to line up, or you can flip the coin and say, you know, it's happening in the time it was supposed to happen in. And I was able to get the wood. I was able to spend most of Sunday afternoon and Monday morning finishing painting it. I had a good time doing it, had some music, chilled out, relaxed in the carport, and just did what I needed to do. Um, these are really heavy four by eight sheets of plywood and three quarters. And, uh, so it's a function of leveraging them. And I did it all myself. Didn't need any help. Um, and I guess wow. what it is, is that 
and this is like the third time I've done this because I did uh, a couple of years ago, about the, 10, 12 years ago, I had to paint 27 sheets of 4 by 8 siding uh, and plus a whole bunch of trim. And this time I did you know, some, something, a pared-down version of that. However, whenever I'm involved in this sort of thing, I attempt to find the most blissful way to deal with it, to, to be involved in it. And I bring out, like I said, I bring out my music or I bring out Carol Collins and listen and get a different perspective while I'm doing something that is rather mundane, which is painting siding, right? Uh, and there's some steps involved. I had to figure out interesting ways of, of uh, not using a boatload of paint because this wood sucks up a lot of paint. And so I remembered how I did it before, and I went back and I repeated the process. And it was a blissful thing. I was very grateful and, and uh, that when I, and, and gratified. Um, I, there was a sense of extreme self-satisfaction when I, when I finished with the whole project. And then, and today I got to see, I got to, uh, uh, I spent a day not doing anything. And then the guy comes over in the morning with his crew and, and, uh, it's, a, and, and while they were doing their thing, I was cleaning up after them as they were destroying the, what was coming off, uh, which somebody looked at me the other day and looked at me actually not the other day, today and said, what are you <laughs> look at me very strangely. The guys who are working, looked at me a little bit strangely because I'm, I'm a neatnik. And I realized that mm-hmm. these nails coming out of this siding that they're taking off are falling into my grass. The grass is going to get mowed in four or five days again. Uh, I want to, they're going to have to put new siding on. Why would we walk over nails that just came out, push them further into the ground? So I cleaned everything up and <laughs> got it ready for the siding to be installed. And I did this all around the house, threw it on the back of the truck. It's ready to go to the dump. And, and swept up the carport, the patio where sawdust and other stuff was. And it's just, for me, I enjoy that. I enjoy doing that. I don't look at it as, 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 as you know, a, a, as drudgery. Or, uh, you know, I feel, for me, I, I'm blessed to have the time that I can, I have the freedom to not do my regular work to just take off and which is in my house anyway, come down and, and do all this. And then I'm, and I do it in a, 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 use a process that helps me remain in a blissful state and not a frustrated state. Cause mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who do approach these projects as, Oh my gosh, I've got to do this thing. And I'm like, it has to get done. So I got a choice about how I mentally process it. You know, what came to mind, Michael, is it's kind of like Christmas. You know, you, you, as a child, you get ready for Christmas, and you get your list together, and you, you know, we used to look through the catalog and be like, oh, this is, oh, look at that, look at that, look at that, and you make your list, and then you'd be so excited to go to bed the night before, and you'd wake up, and it might not be exactly what, you know, the presents weren't exactly under the tree, what you wrote on your list, but it was still Christmas Day, and you find fulfillment and happiness in whatever it is. And so for you, your Christmas Day uh, was the side, you know, you've got all these different things together, and as you, things aren't exactly how you expected, but once everything's done, you're going to, I know you, you're going to sit down with a nice red glass of wine Mm -hmm. and look at your accomplishment and go, wow, I did this. And that is, I know you're going to feel gratitude, 
for everything that unfolded, you'll feel fulfilled and you'll be happy. And that is, uh, to me, you know, really uh, a step towards living a blissful life. No matter where the journey takes you, even, even every nail that you've picked up, um, that makes you feel good. And it doesn't Absolutely. have to do with just being yeah. a neat neck. That's, that's well, the way you, you, you cultivate and curate your world. Exactly, and, and, and it keeps me it keeps me balanced. I mean, it's, you know, we, we were talking about it before, and we, you know, blessings. When someone says, you know, I'm 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 blessed. I uh, I live a blessed blessed life. I I'm blessed by this thing that's happening to me. To me, the state of mind there is gratitude. That is mm-hmm. that is that in my view, that's what you're doing is you're being grateful for what you have, what's happened to you, what's going on, the life you're living. And then bliss, on the other hand, is a state of mind. It's a state of being, whereby mm-hmm. uh, through gratitude you can experience bliss. I guess that's the best I way agree. to put it. Through, ble- through gratitude, through being blessed, you're experiencing bliss. And mm-hmm. the, 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 the key is to deal with everything else in your life from that perspective, you could say, oh, I'm, I'm blessed to have the freedom to be able to come down and do these things and do this preparation. Uh, I'm not having to leave town to go to work or I'm not having to go to the office or take time off or take vacation or whatever it is. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed to have the financial capability to buy these things so I can fix my house up, keep my house you know, uh, in, in good working order. I'm, I'm blessed to have a vehicle that I can carry this wood in and... I'm blessed to have the health to be able to paint it myself instead of hiring someone. And then uh, at the end of the whole process, I experienced, and all along the way, I experienced this state of bliss from being able to do the little things that uh, it's a blissful state of mind that I employ to, uh, to move along this journey. Uh, and mm-hmm. instead of being disrupted by the fact that the truck can't be fixed for three weeks and getting frustrated by that. Uh, frustration and bliss are flip sides of the same coin. You can be frustrated, you sure. can be blissful. Yeah. And we always, again, have to remember that that's a choice. We're either mm-hmm. on, at any given point on one side of the coin or the other. And I would prefer to be on the blissful side because it's more fun. That's very true. Very yeah, it's true. more fun. And that, well, it is. It is. There, there's a saying, and I don't know where it came from, but, you know, you are the happiness you seek. And, and I always think about that. You are. You are. I am. I am the happiness I seek. And really, if that bliss is like my true nature, my inner self, they call it, some people call it the Buddha nature, then I have to find that within. And sometimes, um, and, and I was thinking about this, like, And there's an expression that my friends and I use about being dumbed down. Like, I I think that uh, society, a lot of the things that are in society sort of dumb us down for seeing our light. Um, And and I I think about that. You know, we, we sort of make these different choices in our reality. And you have, and I have talked about it, you know, thought, judgment, perception, belief, you know, about separation, competition, scarcity, consciousness, they're sort of enslaving beliefs. And that when you choose to 
see something different or to say, no, I'm going, I'm a sovereign being. It is my divine right to be blissful. And I think, you know, the universe kind of nudges us in, in different directions. And uh, when I when I was a kid, did you ever read The Little Prince by Antoine Saint Exupéry, Le Petit Prince, by any chance? I it was. Can't recall. I might have. He, you know, there's a lot of a lot of quotes that were were taken from there, and and I I reread the book pretty much almost every year because it's such a great reminder. Uh, this little prince lands in in the. United, I, like in on the Earth, and he comes across a pilot whose plane had crashed, and he walks up to him and he asks him to draw a sheep. And he's like, you know, what is this all about? And so the the guy picks up a pen and he draws this. He's like, no, no, that sheep won't do. It only has three legs. And then the guy draws something else, and he said, no, that sheep is sick. And then finally, out of frustration, he just draws a box with little holes in it. He's like, oh, that sheep is perfect. <laughs> it's exactly what I need. It's exactly what I need. And all throughout that book is is examples of that about perception and how we see the world. And one of the my favorite quotes from the book is what is essential is invisible to the eye. And it's such a great reminder that there is more in the world than mere appearances. And I think that's really what bliss is all about. Um, because the important things in life really can't be seen. They're the things that are felt, like love, kindness, compassion, generosity, friendship, all, all of those things that we talk about. It's the little things that sometimes we don't really notice. Um, the mere material things are really all around us, but it's the things that you can't buy that really make a difference to each one of us and love and kindness and bliss really are invisible but they all have the power to change the world and in the wisdom of that book I think that you'll find that really love means so much that when two people walk in the same direction they're guided. They're guided by joy, their experiences, common interests, whatever it is that brought them together, two souls who just begin to share an extraordinary journey. And extraordinary, I think, is really part of what bliss is all about. It's about finding the true essence of who we are and really just... um, connecting to the beauty inside of us. I think that in the journey from being blessed to bliss, we really um, have to kind of do a self-check. We have to focus on what that means, what our purpose is, what we've experienced in life, and, and what we imagine every day. Now, that little prince, he needed a sheep because on his planet there grew one tree, a baobab, and it was going to encircle and really destroy his planet. And he had he had a rose that he kept under glass, and his rose was very, very vain. And she talked about how beautiful she was. And he came down to Earth, and he saw that there were thousands of roses, and he was disappointed. And then, 
you know, towards the end of the book, I'm not going to spoil the story because it's such a wonderful book, but he recognizes that his rose, because it's his, is unique in all the world. And I think that that is part of being a sovereign being and part of recognizing your own bliss, that you are unique in all the world and that you, whatever your journey is, um, whether it's picking up nails and siding or, or going through some of the challenges that I've been going through lately, it's part of my beingness and the path that I chose yeah. and what it, and how I respond. And I, I did a class last night with Carol Collins. It was absolutely fantastic. It was such a, a blessing. And it was just, I was a little bit late for the class. I didn't know if I was going to make it because my day was extra challenging. And the first thing the guides came in and they showed me a hand position for healing. And I practiced it all last night. And I felt, I woke up at five o'clock in the morning. It was like, Raring to go, you know, in that state of bliss. It was like reconnecting. It was a gift. And, uh, I was Beautiful. So great I, I love that. It. There is a video. I don't know if there's one that she, that, that she demonstrates on the, on the video, uh, about healing a hand position. I know the one with energy where you wrap your fingers or you wrap your hand, one hand, uh, yeah, that's wonderful. Around each finger. And, and then the, uh, the, the tenth finger, you just kind of touch with all of the tips of your fingers, your, your pinky, uh, which I have done many times. Um, I also, uh, there's another one where you're just simply putting your hands on your hips. It brings energy uh, into, uh, into your body. Or just, just standing up and putting your hands on your hips. Uh, hmm. Yeah, taking your taking your uh, you know that that normal pose that uh, would would be uh, where you you just take your hands and you just literally you know spread your thumb and index finger and put it on your hip and you've got your hands on your hips right uh, one on each hip and and just stand there and breathe and that uh, that you know it uh, ignites uh, energy from within. Wow. Uh, very, very simple, very unique, very interesting, and there's so many of these. It's like so many different ways. Uh, I'll be sitting around, and I'll do the one with, with, uh, with wrapping my, my hand around, uh, one hand around the fingers on the other hand and repeating it on the other, um, you know, switching hands. Uh, it's just beautiful. Um, and I'd mm-hmm. love to at some point see what this particular one uh, that she uh, taught you last evening uh, was all about. Because I like to, you know, I like to have. It's like you have this little, uh, this little mixed bag of of different ways that you can energize yourself and to absolutely stress or to, um, you know, make life more fun. All of a sudden, you know, kind of mm-hmm. change shifting. It's all about, in many ways, just simply shifting the path of your thinking, mm-hmm. pivoting your thinking away from negative to positive. Um, which is something that she talks about, the, the collective talks about in another video, and how, how on a on a moment to moment basis, this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is what our guides right. are urging to do: is to shift from negative to positive by mm-hmm. also looking at what we're focusing on. Um, Absolutely. When you understand what you're focusing on, you're going to get you're going to know right away whether or not you're focused on something negative or positive. And the more mm-hmm. you focus on positive and less on negative, the more blissful you feel. The happier you feel, the more joyful you feel, and the more the more fun life is, and the more you you love life. Uh, 
And uh, it may seem simple. However, this is a world that um, can thrust you into all kinds of different, um, you know, it can throw a lot of things at you. And, it, and, it, and again, you just said the word response. It's not what happens, to use this cliche, it's, what ha- it's how you deal with what happens, how you process what happens. And um, the more you process what happens in a positive way, to see it from a positive perspective, the more fun life is for you, the more you will love life. And the key is to simply love life. When you love life, the world, as my guide says, becomes your oyster. It's really interesting um, how the things you are wanting in life come to you because you're in a positive state of being. You're in a, you're, your life is fun for you. You love yourself. You love your life, and as an extension of that, you love yourself. And mm-hmm. how doors open up how the good keeps coming to you because it's what we focus on that creates our state of being. And the more we focus on positive, the more positive our state of being is. And that absolutely everything around us. Um, And for people who are having, uh, even listeners that are having a, a challenging time in their lives, it doesn't matter what happens. We can, we can find a way to see the positive in it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go into what you're dealing with right now, but I, I really do, you you stand as an example for, um, and, and a reminder for me, um, I've been oh, through what you've you. been through. You've been, you know, a lot of people have, have dealt with in their lives with other beings who are having health challenges. Um, and we as beings want to control we want to control the situation because we um, don't want to. We want to control what happens to them. We desperately want to control what happens to them. And to say, when I tell them, you have to back off and know that you can't control. You have to change, shift your focus, shift your focus to gratis, gratitude for being able to see them, touch them, feel them to experience them and to perhaps talk with them, if, if that's possible, mm-hmm. um, to spend time with them uh, in the physical. Because at some particular point, they're going to go back to being a non-physical vibrational being. Right. Currently now they're having a physical life experience, one of their own choosing. We have to remember this, one of their own choosing. You never know why someone's experienced what, they, what they're experiencing. And you have no control over whatever that is. And it's, but you, you do have this ability to be happy and joyful and blissful in your experience with them. You can experience joy with them, however, mm-hmm. you know, brief you think that is, you can create a sense of, of bliss with whoever is in cover, you know, encountering health issues. And I see this, it's really interesting the way um, children handle uh, serious health issues mm-hmm. uh, has a lot of strength. There's a lot of strength. And what I remember uh, is that this little 
non-vibrational, physical, non-vibrational, non-physical, non-vibrational being chose to have a physical experience, whatever that experience is, I can't control it. However, a lot of times what I, what I focus on is the fact that there is some reason, unbeknownst to me, something I will never understand and never know, why this particular child or person or somebody is going through this situation, why they're going through it. And that they chose to experience through health issues, maybe perhaps joy, maybe love, maybe bliss, maybe gratitude. I was told once, it's interesting because I had a, a, good, a very, one of my best friends in life uh, had, uh, who I went to high school with, had uh, died of a, uh, a brain tumor. And after extremely painful radiation and all this other stuff, I mean, he was, it, it, was, it was a crazy experience. And I had asked someone uh, who, uh, a good friend of mine who uh, spoke to, uh, who was very intuitive with, when it came to literally speaking with spirits. And I said, I really need to understand this. Why would someone put themselves through this? And his answer, the answer he received was love. Love. And I said, mm-hmm. love? Really? The ability to remain loving through some of the harshest pain and circumstances, life circumstances, physical circumstances, is what his soul wanted to experience, chose to experience love through pain. Wow. I know. I was that. that so true. However, and, and, it, and when I heard that, I said, wow, he was the most loving being. I mean, all I wanted to do was just, just hug him. When I saw him, uh, I saw him a couple weeks before he passed, and all I wanted to do was just hug him. I said, man, you're just... He was. He was. We went to the, a class reunion together. Uh, the the final reunion he was able to go to, and I had to almost. Not, not, I didn't necessarily force him, but I said, "I'm flying out to California, and we're going to this thing. Get your best suit, pal." And uh, the way that he was received, mm-hmm. the way he was received in the condition that he was in, it, at the event itself was so loving. It, I, I shed tears oh, after, I left, after I led him. It was oh, like God. the most amazing, everybody there just embraced him, embraced him. Because this, this was the, the, the basketball star in, 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 in high school, in junior, junior's varsity basketball. And to see what had, how he had, you know, what had happened to his body and what had happened to him physically, and to go to this particular reunion, and and we closed the place. We were at this at this hotel. And we closed. Oh, the place. fantastic! People just did not want to leave his presence. It was it was pretty spectacular. Um, and so, when I remember that taught me a very important lesson: the lesson of you just have to. You don't know what journey somebody's on, or sure. why they're on that journey. You don't know why they're on that journey. And that, that reasoning is way beyond our pay grade and that we have to simply embrace them and love them and be joyful with them and around them and bring joy to them because that's what we resonate. Be joyful ourselves. Be loving ourselves. 
and be friendly and kind and, uh, and peaceful and bring that to them instead of worry, fear, and uh, perhaps even aggravation because they're not the way you want them to be, whatever that is, right? You know, people who mm-hmm. have, and, and they're not ruining your life. You and your attitude are ruining your life. They're not the one doing it. One of the most challenging things to remember, that is the case. It, it's us. We feel the way we feel because we're the ones creating those feelings within us. And then we're resonating that fear and that worry and that concern. And they don't want, that's not what they want to hear. You're <laughs> they, right. already have, they, don't, they already have shades of that. They want, it, it, it turns somebody around completely when they experience joy and love. And love is it. It's nothing else. Love them for exactly who they are, where they are, what they're experiencing. Embrace them because that's the journey they're on. That's true. You're absolutely right. Uh, it's beautiful what you shared. I just am so... Thank you, Michael, because it really, I think it it touches my heart, and I know that our, hopefully it does the same for our listeners or echoes, and I'm sure there's not anybody whose life hasn't been touched by a serious illness at some point. True. And it is, again, a reminder of gratitude. I keep a book on my desk, um, and it was written by, or actually it was compiled posthumously, um, after her her passing, but it's called The Star Won't Go Out, and it's Esther Earl Grace. And she was, uh, I believe, uh, four, it was 2004, I, I, I can't remember what year it was, but she was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And uh, she passed shortly after her 16th birthday. But you know, she connected when in the short time, and you know, she went through her illness, and she reached out to an Internet community. And shared a lot of things with teens and just really wanted to be normal. And uh, she inspired um, uh, John, it was, I think John Green, who did The Fault in Our Stars. And he was introduced to her, and it was a big inspiration for him to see how she sort of not only navigated through her, her illness, but how she inspired others. And... And the 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 book, the, why I like to keep it on my desk is because she's got a great big beautiful smile, and they kind of put it together as a scrapbook, things from her journal, and it's just it's an uplifting book, and it's a reminder to me every day to appreciate the gifts and blessings in my life. And I think about you know, and then that conveyor belt uh, idea from. Uh, Rick Rubin, it's like I can't help but see the world as that now. <laughs> I, I really can. I'm like, okay, uh, you know, what packages I get today? What is in here? What what little unexpected things am I going to learn? And remind me that um, every opportunity I have, whether it's it's how I perceive it, and you know, one of the packages that you that I um, I opened it was a gift from you was the reminder to put 
my hands on my hips. I, I have seen that, and I remember that when you do that, if you put your hands behind you, it's sort of like letting go of the past, where you set them on the side, where you, you move those positions. And I thought, yeah, after the show, that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not that I can't do it now, but I just I like to be fully present in, in what we're doing. And But, you know, so many different things are, are like that, and it really, truly um, does help us give us, I think, a, a reality check when I, I look at that book from Esther Earl Grace, The Star Won't Go Out. And it's true. Each one of us is, is a star in the universe. And we can shine shine brightly and live in that true state of bliss that's in each of us and really recognize the fact that we are the happiness we seek. And there is a blessing in every day, um, no matter what it is, uh, whatever the challenges are. And as I said, you, when you you look back and, and the decades, and I think to myself, wow, how can you know, all the things that transpired that brought me to where I am right now, it's all part of the journey. And I wouldn't take any one thing away. And, and I think there was another thing that I actually wrote it down because it was a really great reminder Uh, from Rick Rubin as well, and he said, you know, you want to focus on the moments that take your breath away. And I thought, oh, my God, I love that. Focus on the moments that take my breath away. And then I think that's what really fuels me, and that's what, you know, as I share that with others, like, wow, did you see that sunset or did you Did you see that amazing video of these animals or whatever it is? I mean, there's so many things in life to be grateful for and that do take our breath away. It is. It is. And that's how we. It's. It. That's beautiful. Uh, All that is absolutely astoundingly beautiful because that's. That's. That is the way that we should really all seek to live. Um, You know, we should endeavor to. To um, to embrace those moments uh, of magnificence that take our breath away. I love um, you know as I go through the day. Uh, I since I work out of my house, I don't get out as much as a lot of people, uh, unless I get out to go to the store or whatever. Uh, however, it's what's interesting is I get to catch the sunrise coming over the trees every morning. Now the sun. I have an office that faces to the east, and I was telling somebody just this morning that I spent. I spend. Uh, I have my exercises that my guide gave me that I do uh, when the sun is rising over the trees, right into my office window. I sit in my chair, and I, the sun is sun's rays are just showering me, uh, showering my mm-hmm. body, beautiful light, right. And I choose that. I was just thinking this morning, I said, that is such an amazing feeling sitting there. It's peaceful. It's quiet. Oh, I the can imagine. It's just, shot, it's just uh, you know, floating over your face. And there, that, to me, is a great way to start the day. Now, everything, bliss is a choice, as I said previously. Uh, we, we all should be waking up in the morning and and declaring the emotions that we want to feel that day. It's one way to do it, you know. Joy, peace, love, friendly, happy. Um, 
what do you want to experience that day? And mm-hmm. as a result of that focus, you saying you putting those out, giving them out to people. If you're receiving, you say to yourself, I'm already receiving. I'm, I want to receive joy. I want to receive peace. I want to receive love and friendly and happy. That's what I want. And um, it just sets the tone for how you want to approach the day, whether you, have, you, know, you commute to work or whether you have to you know, do something at work. And hopefully you're doing something you, 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 you love, you can find some joy in, um, and focus on that joy. And not so much the things that you have found incongruence with. Because that's really the, what a lot of people have a tendency to do. And a negative, negative is, is very negative things, negative circumstances. They can, they can take over. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're going to happen. Things are going to happen. As someone said the other day, I, I think it was, actually it was the, the, the collective. There's no right, there's no wrong. There's no right or wrong, right? Mm-hmm. There really is no right or wrong. It, it, we, we, we go around judging things as being uh, good or bad, right or wrong. No, they're just things. We have to remember, whatever happens, it's just a thing that's happening. And it is us that, get, that breathes life into it. To what degree and what, to what degree we do breathe life into it. How much we invest in it emotionally. And... That all, if we, if we choose a negative path for that, there goes our bliss right out the window. It's just smothered out completely. And I don't know about you. I don't know about our listeners. However, I want a, a life that is blissful, that is happy, where I'm making uh, choices throughout the day that resonate with bliss and joy and love and peace and happy. I, that's, that's really what I want. So I, my day is, is about making sure no matter what occurs that I'm still in that zone, that I'm mm-hmm. still doing that. That is, that is the challenge that we all have because we're all explain, and, and, and what we focus on, what we choose to focus on, we can choose it. We can choose to sit around and experience the news first thing in the morning if you're so inclined or you can say you know what none of that really matters none of that really matters it's just something that's happening in the world it's not happening to us it's happening somewhere in the world to someone else and i had asked somebody the other day i said you're you know you're pretty wound up about that thing that you're that you're uh talking about you know, you're wound up about it. You've got your emotions. Um, as my mother used to say, don't get your panties in a twist. You know? <laughs> I get that. I love that. Yeah, because that's what people yeah. do. They get, all, you know, they get all tight about things. And, and right. uh, remember that in the grand scheme of your life, not somebody else's, but your life, the only impact that thing has on you is what you give it. Mm-hmm. You do not have to react that way to that. Because if you're happy, loving, blissful, having a good time, joyful, that thing is still going to happen. It's going to happen whether or not you're in a great state of being or not. And that's what I always encourage people to remember, that you can mm-hmm. be in a loving state. Because if you didn't mm-hmm. hear about that other thing that disrupted your whole attitude, 
you'd still be loving if that's the state you chose. So why don't you just stay there and see that other thing for what it is, just something that's going on. There'll be something else tomorrow mm-hmm. or then five minutes later. There'll be something else. And Absolutely. Yeah, the, 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 the 24-hour rule works. I've said it before, I think, on this program, if not my own podcast, where, uh, and I put it in my books, the adversity for, for eliminating uh, adversity in your life is if it, if it isn't going to mean anything in 24 hours, if tomorrow what you're, what you're all got your panties in a twist about today isn't going to be valuable to you tomorrow, relevant to you tomorrow, then you have to be very, very careful about the relevance you're giving it today. Mm-hmm. And as Carol and, and the collective would say, Carol Collins and collective would say that the amount of emotion that you dedicate to some negative emotion that you dedicate to the fear and worry and anger and hate and you know greed and jealousy and all that, the degree to which you dedicate those emotions and feelings to events is is going to impact, it greatens the degree that, to which it impacts your grid. It, 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 um, it's a word I'm looking for. Uh, it expands the impact on your grid. Mm-hmm. You ask yourself, do I want all that stuff on my subconscious? Do I want all that stuff on my subconscious tape that I have to now erase? Do I want it sticking to me? Here's a great way, great, it's, it's interesting. I came up with this analogy the other day, and it was like, wow, okay, that's really kind of cool. Let's say you're, you are your grid. What you're putting out, what you're vibrating, that's, you know, it, it, you have a grid, a subconscious. But let's say that you can see it, that it's a, a, a field around you. Mm-hmm. And when you dedicate energy to negativity and, and fear and you engage in that sort of thing and you, you, you dedicate those negative emotions, lower frequency emotions to events in a very uh, intense way to a high degree. It's as if those events are given some sort of life and it comes back to splatter on you. Mm-hmm. Just imagine that. You, 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 these, these things come back to you and they splatter you with, let's say, green goop. And you have to, at the end of the day, ask yourself, how much green goop do you really want splattered all over you? <laughs> I know it's kind of crazy, but you've got to give this a visual no, because that's really great, what's happening. Yeah, no, it's a really great analogy. Yeah, clean up this green goop at the end of the day. You know, but actually, before you said that, and it's only because I'm a pet person, when you said that there's all this stuff, I thought, oh, my God, it's like static and pet hair. You know, you got a pair of black pants, and I, I, I have like, okay, I just get dressed. And I'm like, please don't come near me, my German shepherd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please don't come near me. Oh, yeah. I, I just got dressed. I got all the hair off me. I'm ready to go out. I got to go somewhere. Please don't come near me. And she just can't help herself, and she's static, you know, <laughs> Covered in so German true. Shepherd hair, but so it, it is it is. And the other thing I just want to comment, Michael, because when you were talking about your sunrises, I thought to myself, what a beautiful thing! It's not every day. I, I, every day you seeing a different sunrise. The sky, there's no two sunrises that are the same. Right. And sunrise some days, right. and, and and it made me think of this as the analogy of someday you're expecting to see your sunrise, but all of a sudden, like. 
a cloud comes in, another cloud, another cloud, and then it converges in, and all of a sudden you've got these big lightnings, you know, that illuminate the sky and raindrops pelting down. And, and But before you know it, it's all over, and then the sun comes out again. But there's beauty even in that storm and the convergence. I mean, if you look there, you know, joy and love and forgiveness, understanding, compassion, can all harmonize in that convergence. And, you know, what comes out is that beautiful sunshine, that beautiful state of bliss. And it's it's how, you know, when you open up your curtain, what are you going to see? What do you choose to see? And yeah. and I love that, though, that analogy of that the green goop. And for me, like I said, it just, like, I don't you know. Sometimes when you talk, I get these visuals, and I'm thinking, oh, Calliope's Good. hair all over my pants. Stuck on yeah, me. <laughs> you want it, it, you want it, it's 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 easier to go through life and to deal with experiences when you can tie them to some sort of visual. Uh, give mm-hmm. you another visual that I use. When I uh, decades ago, decades and decades ago, like forty years ago, I I really stopped eating a lot of candy. Uh, I eat chocolate today, high high concentration chocolate. However, I stopped mm-hmm. eating I stopped eating uh, taffies. I stopped eating gummy. Uh, um, gummy, sugary um, candy. I stopped eating candy that I sucked on and mel- it melted in my mouth because I gave myself this visual of a bunch of little people with pickaxes mm. on my teeth when I did that. That these these little beings had, you know, miniature, just microscopic beings had pickaxes picking away at my enamel every time I put <laughs> that stuff in my mouth. Sure. It, oh my god. It's true. Absolutely. And and I to this day, to this day, I love those candies, but I don't I don't eat them because I have this I've given myself this visual that 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 I'm going to have to go deal with the dentist. Back in those days, you know, cavities were more prevalent. Uh, and you know, when I was in my teens and 20s and early 30s, and I see now about how those things, you know, the cavities of that you get early in life, earlier in life, uh, they're persistently problematic when you get older because mm-hmm. those fillings don't last forever. So, right. uh, and, and there are fissures and cracks that can occur when you have a, when you have a micro fissures that can occur that later in life, 30, 40 years down the road, 50 years down the road, become problematic because they can they can become larger fissures and crack and you can get infections. I mean, it's just, you can go on and on. However, the little pickaxes, it's like every time I I'm, I'm eat those things, I've now in, I've ingested a bunch of little people with pickaxes that are <laughs> chipping away at that. my teeth. And, uh, and so it, it's kind of cool. I don't, use, I don't use as much ice cream as I used to, although I love it. Um, ice cream isn't as 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 uh, bad, but you can give yourself visuals for all kinds of uh, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just the one that that helped me, and it stopped me from putting sugar in tea as well. Um, a lot of sugar now. I you know I I can drink tea and just put lemon in it and be just fine. Um, it's very refreshing, and lemon is very good for you. The toxic. Uh, mm-hmm. Toxification perspective. So there's there's all kinds of things that you can do. I love the little visuals though, and I'm glad that you got that one because uh, yeah, that's what we do. We put this. We every time we encounter something that makes us really um, angry, or uh, we 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 watch things that are scary. 
that have or that have a lot of uh, blood and guts and murder and all these kinds of things, crime stories, uh, those things, when we focus on those things, those things imprint on us. They dumb and, us down. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. They dumb us down. Uh, that, that's, I knew that's where you're going with that, and uh, <laughs> I appreciate the, the, the comment of, of uh, the, the term dumbed down because we, we are smarter than that. <laughs> we we have, are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, have the, we can create the yeah. life that we want for ourselves. Our thinking creates our right. way of being, and uh, if we could just get that, that is... Uh, that's a very powerful tool to have in your arsenal is to is to be in complete and total control of your own thoughts, of what you're mm-hmm. thinking about and what you're focusing on at the time and what Absolutely. feelings are being caused, being created as a result of your focus. That mm-hmm. is the cat's meow right there when it comes to creating, to being happy, to being loving, to being to having fun and being joyful, you know, it's uh, it, it is it fascinates me that I can have that kind of power. It's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. in in the midst of all the stuff going on, the chaos, the politics, the the thought viruses that are uh, so prevalent in our world today. In terms of social the nails media in the lawn. What a great metaphor for that. The nails yeah, in the lawn. Nails in the lawn. You know? And I got to take those things out. <laughs> They'll sure. become problematic. Something will happen. Let's get let's get rid of them. Let's clean this up. Um, yep. And and do it now. You know. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know about you, but I'm I'm halfway done cleaning the dishes, if not all the way done, before the meal is actually cooked. I'm, right. I'm actually. I do too. I like to get yeah. it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as it's cooking on the stove, I'm cleaning everything else. I don't just pile it into the sink and wait till later because later is like I want to be doing something else. Right. I want to go enjoy. I want to enjoy having a nice conversation or uh, you know whatever with the people that uh, that I'm hanging with. If we invite guests over, I want to spend time with them. I don't want to spend all my time in the kitchen. But you know, that's people look at me and go, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm cleaning things." I'm putting things in the dishwasher that can go in there. I'm hand-washing things that need to be hand-washed. And you can go through life like that, just making sure and being mm-hmm. proactive. It's, it's kind of a way of being in, in control of what your own thoughts are. To me, absolutely. that's another metaphor for that. You can clean things uh, Yeah, absolutely, Michael. And, and I, what I, you know, I so appreciate you because you, you really do. You look through uh, life through a different lens, and you look for sometimes what nobody else sees. And I would encourage our listeners to always do that and, and recognize that you are blessed from within, and that's really uh, where the idea of bliss comes from, you know, recognizing that you can imagine living in an amazing state no matter where you are, um, living with faith, gratitude, intention, understanding, peace, and, of course, our connection to love. And I'll let you sign up on the show, um, Michael. And I'm just, it's such a delight. I just, um, mm. I, I really appreciate you for seeing things uh, and gifting those to, to me and to our audience. It's, appreciate it's it. I appreciate this opportunity, by the way, because, you know, the show is fantastic. I told you that I do it all the time. I, I This is the one consistent thing I do in my life that I plan on doing um, because normally my life just kind of just kind of float around from moment to moment. 
and I like it that way, um, just kind of floating through life as uh, my journey. And I would encourage people to to um, not get so uptight when things occur. Um, see, step outside of the event, see it from a macro perspective instead of a micro, realize it. Ask yourself this question, how much is this really impacting me personally? What impact is it? I mean, is somebody slapping me, or is somebody as somebody slaps somebody else? How, how does it? Is, is it something that's happened to me personally? And distance yourself from it because you don't understand why it's happening to begin with. And uh, that'll help keep some of the green goop off your grid. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, and uh, may you all be blessed with bliss always. Oh, definitely. <laughs> 